Hey lady, welcome to the Elevate Her podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Mariuki, leadership coach, career queen, twin mom, and wife. If you are ready to step into the level 2.0 version of yourself, girl, you've just found yourself a cheering squad that will help you do just that and even more. From one career woman to another who navigated the challenges of being a black woman in a profession that lacked diversity with no rule book to help me figure out the keys to climbing the corporate ladder, I am on a mission to change this scene for good. In the last few years of my 10-year career, I not only overcame the challenges that held me back from the mid-level career slump I found myself in, but unlocked the doors to land big promotions in my career, become a director at just the age of 32 in the largest global audit firm, get my confidence game on and become a trusted leader. If you are ready to shake off the self-doubt that's been holding you back, uncover your value, get seen, promoted, and paid like the leader you deserve to be without more degrees, qualifications, or inauthentic networking tactics, stay tuned because you are about to get elevated. You're listening to episode 54 of the Elevate Her podcast. Ladies, today's episode is epic to say the least. I am so excited to finally bring in a guest expert who knows everything to do with work-life integration. One of the questions I get asked a lot is, Rebecca, how do you do all the things and you're a busy mom and you're climbing the corporate ladder and you're running a coaching practice? How do you fit all these things into the 24 hours a day that just seems to go so, so quickly, especially when you have young kids? And Tamika Isaac Divine is the perfect person to answer your questions because she is a work-life integration specialist and she has a stellar career behind her and she's a busy working mom. So she has walked the walk and when she shares her strategies and her mindset tips around how to build a work-life integration, not balance, hint, hint, listen to the episode and the interview to learn more about why she doesn't believe in work-life balance. She knows what she's talking about. So this is more about Tamika. Tamika Isaac Divine is an attorney, former elected official and a leading expert and speaker on work-life integration for busy working moms whose insights have been featured in CNN, MSNBC, the Oprah Winfrey Network, Forbes, Jet Magazine, and more. I mean, wow, this is such a powerful, amazing career that Tamika has. And like I said, she walks the walk and she talks the talk. So I want you to listen to this entire episode. As a busy working mom and wife, Tamika understands the challenges that come with trying to excel both at work and at home. Tamika's personal passion is in helping working moms conquer overwhelm in order to perform their best at work and at home. She is an advocate for women in leadership and she speaks on work-life integration, leadership and networking and politics and community engagement. Additionally, she has authored multiple books including Think Like a CEO, Act Like a Mom, The Purpose of Work-Life Integration, where she shares the perfect blend of sage advice and personal anecdotes to explain how working moms can truly have it all. 
Definitely listen to this episode, ladies, because it has all the answers to the questions that you ask about how to balance it all, how to do it all. Is it even possible to be an amazing mom and have a great corporate career? Tamika answers all those questions in this interview. So ladies, let's get to the show. Enjoy it and definitely have a pen and a notebook nearby so you can take those notes of the nuggets that Tamika shares in today's interview. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Elevate Her podcast, Tamika. How are you? I am doing well, Rebecca. I'm so excited to be here with you. Same here. I am so, so excited because this conversation we're about to have hits home on all fronts, and I am sure it will do the same for all our listeners. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I love your podcast and excited to be able to share some tips with your listeners. Yes. Awesome. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about what you do and, you know, what you're passionate about and what you would like to share with us on the show. And then we'll go into the rest of the show. Well, absolutely. Well, hello, everyone. I am Tamika Isaac Devine. I am an attorney, a speaker, an author, a wife, a mom, but I'm also a work-life integration strategist. And most people are like, what does that mean? As a high-achieving professional woman, working mom over the years, I've realized that there are so many challenges that come with being a high-achieving professional woman who is also raising a family and building a career. And so over the years, I have worked to get to the point where I am achieving work-life integration, not work-life balance. And when I was doing that, so many people would come to me and say, Tamika, how do you do that? And so I started doing more around the strategy around work-life integration so that we can achieve our Excel at home and at work. And so I've been doing that for the last couple of years, in addition to still being a, a working mom an attorney. Uh, I'm a former elected official. I was a city council person for 20 years. So I've I've done a lot professionally, but I am so very proud of uh, the life that I live personally. I live a divine life, a life that uh, I am excited about. And I hope that most women are very intentional about living the life that they are excited about as well. Oh my goodness, that just sends goosebumps <laughs> all over my body because I know we all want all the success as women and as moms, but so many times we don't see others who look like us and then we just enter this mindset that it's not possible for us or we have this limiting belief that we have to sacrifice motherhood to be successful as corporate women or the other way around. So tell me about how you help women get over that mindset block that sometimes holds us back from being the best that we can be in corporate, but still be amazing moms. Well, that is such an important question. And so, you know, I'm being very honest. I kind of fell into doing this work because like I mentioned, um, you know, I'm a former elected official uh, and I'm an attorney right out of law school. I worked as a prosecutor, and I was actually an, a deputy assistant attorney general here in the state of South Carolina. Uh, I was the only black female in that position, but then I worked really hard in my community, and so I decided uh, to leave that job and run for office. I ran for office and was elected at the young age of 29. I was the youngest person ever elected at that time, 
And so I started my own law firm because I knew that in order to serve my community in the way that I, I needed to, I had to, you know, I had to work for myself. And so I started my my law firm at that time and I was elected official, but at the same time I was single, no kids. And I met my husband while I was campaigning my very first election. Uh, we got married a year after uh, I was first elected. And then we had our first child a year after that. And when I had my first baby, I had so many people who were like, oh, are you going to resign from city council? Or, you know, I know you're not going to keep doing all the stuff you're doing. And I was like, yeah, I am. Why not? And I realized that if I was getting that kind of feedback and I was a, a, in a professional and a public eye, I know that that's the struggle that a lot of women get into. And so as people saw me, you know, taking my daughter to things, but still, you know, achieving very uh, high, I served as our mayor pro tem for several years. And so uh, people were like, oh, wow, you've got this all figured out. And so I started getting asked to speak about work-life balance. And the audiences would be real surprised when um, the first thing out my mouth was work-life balance doesn't exist. You know, they'd say, you know, Tamika, how do you do it all? You know, how do you have work-life balance? And I'm like, I don't have a work-life balance. Work-life balance does not exist. My family is very important to me, but the community, uh, the service to community and my profession is very important as well. And so I've realized that I have to set priorities and setting those priorities uh, really motivate and dictate kind of the things that I do and the things that I don't do. And so as I started getting asked to speak more and then younger women started asking me to mentor them or help them, that's kind of how the business part of this grew and how I started becoming a speaker, a keynote speaker on these topics. And so when I started working with women and mentoring and uh, working on leadership, it is about mindset. What I really started doing is talking to women about you know, understanding that no one sets your priorities but you and no one can tell you what's important but you. And when you break through that mindset of what society has taught us about moms and women particularly, I mean, when we break through those stereotypes about a lot of times in my speaking, I, I go through the kind of the evolution of the mom, you know, back in the day when you had Florence Evans, uh, who, you know, in good times, who, you know, they were always struggling financially, but she still stayed at home, even though her kids were like older, because that was the mindset that to be a good mom, you had to be a stay at home mom. And then, of course, then we evolved. And then, you know, later in life, we had you know, Claire Huxtable on the Cosby show. And, you know, she was, you know, a professional woman, an attorney, partner in her firm. And everybody's like, yay, yay. You know, but she also was still the great mom. But she solved all the family problems within the, you know, 30 minutes of that show. And so, again, it was unrealistic of what society was telling us. And this is what we've grown up with. And so, I started talking, what I mentor my clients on is understanding that work-life balance, work-life integration, whatever, being a good mom may look different for me than it does for you. And that's okay. We need to stop uh, looking and letting someone else tell us what our priorities are, what we should want, what we should be doing and figure out what works for us. And so uh, once you can kind of decide what that is, then I work with women and help them strategize on how do you get that? And so that might mean, you know, how do you get the help you need to support you in your professional endeavors and your personal endeavors? It might mean making sure uh, that you have certain systems in place uh, to do your schedule. 
And so, you know, how do we strategize about what your particular goals are? And then understanding that, you know, it's not cookie cutter from the the mom down the street, but it's what serves you best. I love what you said about being a good mom looks different for everyone. You know, good looks different. And I think we just tend to use the same benchmark as moms. And we sometimes also just, you know, realistically and truthfully do fall into that comparison trap where we're comparing ourselves with the soccer mom who's at every single event, who is at all the school plays, who is baking all the cupcakes. And then we we get into this vicious cycle of mom guilt, which is what I want us to talk about. So what is your view on mom guilt and how can we as corporate women, because I don't know if you can ever get rid of mom guilt, but how can we not allow it to dictate how we feel or how we choose to look at ourselves as mothers? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I don't think you ever truly escape it. My range of kids is pretty wide. I have a five-year-old, I have a 12-year-old, and I have a 16-year-old. And so, you know, for them, their needs are different. You know, what their expectations for mom are different. And my expectations for myself in dealing with each of them are different. And so, you know, it's hard to escape mom guilt because there will be the times that things happen. There will be the balls that get dropped. There will be, you know, the recitals that unfortunately sometimes are missed because you're traveling or or something else. But what I think is most important is number one is realizing that your mom and your kids love you no matter what. And so, you know, are there sometimes going to be disappointments? Yeah, but if you are open with them and you have communication, then you'll get past that. But for me, particularly, especially, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I served 20 years as a council person. And so I was an elected official for the entire time of my children's lives. And so I just left office in January of this year. And so we are now eight months into, you know, rediscovering their relationship with mom. Mom is there to do things. But, you know, back when I was elected and I was traveling and I was doing a whole lot and I had community meetings and different things, I might not have always been there. But for us, it was very important for me to make expectations very clear. And so we would have conversations all the time. And like, if I knew that, you know, my daughter had a recital and it was the the night that I was going to be in DC for some very important congressional meetings and I couldn't be there, we would talk about it. And then we talk about, well, what does that look like if mommy can't be there? That might mean that daddy or grandmommy tapes it. And then when mommy comes home, we're having a, you know, mommy daughter night where we watch you and you tell me all about the evening and we share and we create a whole different experience in memory together. And so, you know, although I felt bad and not always being able to be there, I was also creative and looking at how do I look at this that some people might look at as a challenge and create an opportunity out of it, a whole different and new and exciting experience that my child is having with me that the child uh, who had the mommy at the recital isn't getting. And so that's kind of how I try and approach um, dealing with mom guilt to a certain extent is like, you know, how do we create opportunities and how do we recognize that, you know, I'm not going to be able to be everywhere all the time. But when I do have those kind of things, what can we do to change it? 
I'm very, very intentional about having dates with my children as a group and individually, because again, their relationships with mom are different. And so what my five-year-old wants to do with mom might be different than what my 16-year-old wants to do with mom. And so, you know, we're intentional about, you know, having dates like my 16-year-old and I might go to a spa together. Five-year-old and I might be going to the arcade or to the zoo together, but we're making time. And if you're able to still have those special times and experiences, it lessens the time that you have the mom guilt because you realize that in order for me to be able to take off at two o'clock in the afternoon to go to the zoo with my son, I have to work. And uh, it's great that because I am a business owner and I own my own business, I have that flexibility to take off at two o'clock and take them to the zoo. But because I'm a business owner and own my own business, it may mean that I have to work a little bit after five, a few nights uh, to get things done. And it's all kind of the trade-offs and what's important. Um, but the most important thing is you recognize that if you're letting your priorities drive your actions, then again, it may look different. But what you're doing is you're still accomplishing the same result. You just may do it differently. I love that point you shared about creating opportunities because so many times we look to what's not going well or, you know, the fact that we couldn't be there and we don't see the opportunities that it could create. Maybe it means we need to be more intentional when we are there, being more present. And so I think we often forget and we often downplay the opportunities that us being in corporate and us having other priorities could create for our kids. And I love what you said about having that support system because you talked about how you have alternatives and you talk through it with your kids. And I, I think mom guilt also comes from us thinking we have to do everything and we have to be the super moms. And again, it feels like it's based on expectations of society so how, what practical ways can women in corporate build that support system that allows them to be able to go out there and do big things in their careers, but still giving their kids the support that, you know, is almost as good as being there as a mom, right? Because when granny's at home or when dad is there taking care of the kids, you know, they feel loved and they they feel special. So how do you intentionally create that support system that allows the kids to still thrive and, you know, still feel that mom is, you know, mom is still there for me? Yeah. Oh, that's really important. And again, it goes back to really kind of understanding what your needs are and what works for you. Because first of all, if, if mom is happy and fulfilled and, and, and is joyful, that's going to translate into positive experiences um, and positive memories for the children. You know, if I am stressed out because of work or if I'm, you know, upset because, you know, something's not going right, they're, they're going to see that, they're going to feel it, and then it's not going to be good for any of us. And so as a mom, as a professional woman, it starts with you and understanding what support do you need? And again, what are your priorities? So I'm very intentional about looking at, okay, what is it that I do? Where do I spend my time? And where is it effective? And where should I be spending my time? And what can other people do? So I'm really big about creating support systems that support what your particular needs are. And that's what I help my mentees with is trying to figure out what is it that you need? And so for me, like 
you know, I love, <laughs> I love to eat. My children love to eat, but I'm not big on shopping. I'm not big on cooking. And so what are some of the support systems that you could look at, whether it is, you know, the shopping services, whether it is meal delivery, whether it's meal prep, whether it is, you know, hiring somebody who might come in and actually cook for you a couple of days a week. You know, what that does is it frees me up from the shopping and the cooking and all the stuff. And then the time that I'm spending, I'm spending that time at dinner, at the dinner table with them, not stressed out, having great conversations. They're getting nourishing food and, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. So, you know, those are some of the supports. So whether it is, you know, getting someone to help you with cleaning the house or providing the meals, or even you personally, you know, what is the support that you need to uh, live a healthy life? I have someone who helps me with, you know, my physical fitness and, and supports me there, you know, whether it is your mental health and making sure that you're supported there. And so making sure that you're supported, it starts with that. And then you look at the other things that you need, especially around support for your kids. So that may mean you know, my mom is retired. She's newly retired. So like I said, I was elected for 20 years. And so for the whole 20 years, she was still working. So I didn't have grandma who could pick kids up at two o'clock when school's out. But, you know, I had aftercare or I had the days that I was like, okay, three days a week, I can't pick them up. But, you know, on Fridays, that is my non-negotiable. My office is going to close at one o'clock so that at two o'clock I can start picking up kids and, you know, go to the zoo and do whatever. And so, you know, the support system may be, you know, aftercare. It may be, you know, the kid taxi service. It may be, you know, the nanny or the grandma or somebody else. But again, figuring out like what are the needs are, what is the best and highest use of your time? And again, what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to make sure that they're healthy, happy, and well, but also making sure that we're able to spend some really quality time together. And so part of that might mean figuring out like, what are you spending your time on? What don't you need to spend your time on? And what are the supports that will free up that time so that you are doing what's important and that's being mom. Okay, I am so excited to make this announcement to help women finally find their voice, become leaders in their field and get paid their worth. If you know you don't want to be where you are in your career 12 months from now, Design to Lead was made for you. So listen up closer. Design to Lead is my private coaching program for ambitious career women who are ready to get promoted to the next level and start making an impact while creating generational wealth. In six months time, you could have the clarity you need to land that promotion or dream role in your career or get big pay raises that you never thought were possible. With the right strategy, bankable career plan and solid mindset to give you the confidence and kick self-doubt on the curb for good, which is what you'll get in Design to Lead and even more, together we'll be celebrating your next big career goal. Head over to bit.ly forward slash design to lead to apply to work with me in this program or DM me the word elevate on any of my social media channels to find out more. Let's get your career elevated for good. Oh, yes, yes. It's so, so important to, you know, to reverse engineer it and think of what you need. And I know as women, we might listen to this and think, well, that's being a bit selfish. But like you said, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And when you are happy and when you are fulfilled, the people around you, your kids will have a very different experience with you 
and a very different experience from you being a mom than when you haven't filled your cup first. So thank you for sharing that and, you know, reminding us that we need to ask ourselves what we need first before we think of everyone else around us. And, you know, I want to go into the point you raised about time because I know this is something that I always hear from other working moms. There just isn't enough time in a day <laughs> to do all the things. And you talk a lot about prioritizing and having your schedule being led by your priorities. But maybe share one or two of your best tips on how to actually put that into practice. Oh, absolutely. So it's interesting because, you know, one of the first things that uh, will help you kind of the whole thing as far as getting your schedule or scheduling your priorities is starting off with, you know, what is your why? Like, you know, why do you do what you do? And I'm going to tell you, you know, most moms will say, you know, my why starts with, you know, my family, my kids, you know, making sure that they're protected, making sure that they're happy. And I have a lot of people who will tell me, you know, one of the reasons that they, you know, work so hard is to have, you know, the financial resources to provide for their families. But what we don't want to do is work so hard that we have the financial resources and it's really not about the money and the financial resources, but it's about, you know, the life and experiences that you're giving them. So how do you balance those things and how do you figure that out? And so starting with understanding your why, and then like you mentioned, reverse engineering from if the why is the family, then what are the priorities around that why? It is spending time with them. It's making sure their needs are met. You know, what are those things? And then once you figure out based on those things, what does my schedule say to making sure I'm providing those things? And then asking yourself, am I the only person who can do the things that are on my schedule to provide those things? And so it, it becomes like kind of a multi-step process, but that's the process. But the first one is starting with your why. Tell people all the time, once you know your why, the how is easy. Okay. So once you know your why, the how is easy. So figure out the why. And then the second thing, once you, you know, know the why and you can kind of figure out the other things there, then the second thing is you have to give yourself permission to allow uh, your priorities to be first and foremost. A lot of people will know their why and they'll know what their priorities are. They'll acquiesce to other people's needs. So, you know, and I'm very big about setting expectations for everyone that is entered in your life. So that means whether you're a business owner, it's with your clients uh, and your coworkers, whether you work for someone else, it's with your boss and your coworkers. If you've got to be at a recital at six o'clock, your boss can't come in at 10 minutes to five and say, hey, I need this by eight o'clock tomorrow morning. So then you feel compelled to stay and miss that recital. And so, but having that conversation with that boss works out well. So, you know, knowing your priorities, you can give yourself permission and, and recognize that your priorities are just as important, more important than other people's. So don't acquiesce to other people's desires or needs or wants at the expense of your own. And then one of the last things I would say and, and certainly leave the listeners with is, understanding that we can tell our kids and our husbands and our families anything, but actions speak louder than words. And so, you know, what I used to always say is like when people would ask me, you know, oh, are you going to, you know, leave office? Or are you going to, you know, go work for someone else and not have your own firm anymore because you have young kids? You know, are you not going to run for office or run for this position because you have kids? 
always tell people, you know, there are a lot of times that we will use our kids, and I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but we'll use our kids as, as an excuse as to why we're not going after our dreams and our goals. But yes, they should be an excuse, but they shouldn't be the excuse why we don't do stuff. They should be the excuse of it why we do do it. You could tell your kids every day, all day, oh, baby, you can be anything you want to be that you set your mind to. You can do this. Oh, my gosh, you're such a brave person. And they hear that. But then they also see mom sacrificing going back to school because you don't feel like you have the time because, you know, you have kids at home or starting that business or going after that higher position job. And so what we do, we don't realize is we tell them that they can do anything they want. But what we show them by our actions when we make those sacrifices is that they really can't. And so we need to recognize that what our actions are speaking louder to our kids than what we say. And so we need to show up. We need to be the example that we're telling them they can, especially when it comes to young women and, you know, and their moms, we need to be able to show them that, you know, yeah, you can have it all. You can be an amazing mom and have an amazing career, make tons of money. You can even make more money than your husband, baby. And it's okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but show them so that they, they can be inspired by you. And I think once you do that, that actually is the, it's the only validation you need that you're on the right track. Oh, that is so powerful. And yeah, so many times we we underestimate the power of our actions, especially when we have younger kids, because we don't think that they're actually seeing what we're doing. And I, I love everything that you've shared about showing them, but then also walking the talk that it is actually possible. And women like you are an example and proof that it is possible to have an amazing and stellar career and have a great relationship with your kids if you're intentional about it. So thank you for sharing that, Tamika. In closing, I would like you to just share a bit about your book, Think Like a CEO, Act Like a Mom. I mean, that title is just so powerful in itself. So tell us a bit about what inspired you to write that book. Wow. Well, um, real honest answer is sometimes when people would say, well, how do you do it all? And I'd say, you know, I really just don't know. I just do it. And I realized that that was so disingenuous. I, I mean, I did know how I did it. I just had not like sat down and wrote it all out. Like, what do I do and how would I do it? And I realized that, you know, um, I could be sharing that with other people. And so I decided to write the book because I knew there were other moms out there that were struggling because they needed that information. And the whole premise behind it is, you know, as a CEO, I mean, first of all, as a mom, you are a CEO. You're the CEO of your house. You are responsible for the product. You're responsible for the management. You're responsible for the revenue and the profit and losses, all that you're responsible for in the house. And so I I wanted moms to really think about their role in that way. But the second part of that is CEOs knowing that their role is so critical. They know that they have to go into, you know, the board meeting prepared. They know that they have to set the mission and support the mission and, and set the agenda for the company. And we are the same. You are the CEO of your life, uh, whether it is what you do 
personally, as a mom, as a wife, as a community leader, or what you do professionally as a you know business owner or a C-suite individual or someone who is aspiring to be and soon to be a C-suite individual. And so we have to look at our lives like that and approach it like a CEO does their business. You know, what is your mission? What is your vision? What are your deliverables? Uh, what's your return on investment? And, and look at it that way. And so in the book, I explore all those things, those CEO skills that CEO brings to the table, the skills that you need to bring to, to living the life that you desire and the life that you deserve by being true to who you are and knowing that as the CEO, you are solely responsible for the successes and the failures. And so you want to make sure that you are on top of that so that you have more successes than failures. Oh, that is so powerful. Oh my goodness. I just makes me want to go onto Amazon and get the book like yesterday and read about all the other CEO skills that we can put into practice at home. And you do not have to have the title to think like a CEO, like you're saying. You can decide to be the CEO and take responsibility for your career and for your life and for how you want your home to be and start living that life right now. So ladies, if you are curious to know what thinking like a CEO is all about and acting like a mom, definitely head over to, is it Amazon where everyone can get a hold of the book? Absolutely. Yes. Amazon, or they can go to my website, which is a divinelife.com because it's on Amazon. It is also on Audible. So if you are, you know, and I know your listeners are busy working moms like me, you might not feel like you have actual time to read. You can also download the, go to Audible and download the audio book and, and hear it while you're working out or while you're driving to work. Awesome. That's such a great idea. Yes. 10 minutes a day. We all can spare 10 minutes a day to listen to a great audiobook. So highly recommend, ladies, you grab yourselves a copy. And yeah, just a final question, which we always love to ask our guest. Tell us a bit about your morning routine. What does that look like? So my morning routine, and I know that I wake up a little bit earlier than a lot of people, but I get a lot done, but probably your listeners because they're high achieving women probably are like me, but my day typically starts somewhere um, between, you know, 4.30 and 5, depending on kind of what's on the chat for the day. But I get up, I uh, do some meditation, uh, then I work out, then I fix lunches for kids. And then by then I'm getting kids up and getting them ready for school. I take my shower, I get dressed, and then if I have enough time, I will then have some tea on the back porch and really plan out my day, figure out, you know, what's on my schedule, what do I need to do, what can I delegate, and then um, I come into the office. And then once I come into the office, I actually also do another meditation just because I want to clear my space here and elevate my energy levels. And then I hit the day. And so the day itself depends on what's going on, whether or not I have court, whether I have clients, but the morning is always the same. And it's really important to have that routine schedule, something that fills you, something that energizes you and sets your intention for the day. Mm, love that. Love that. And ladies, if you're wondering how to create time, just wake up a few minutes earlier and put into practice what Tamika has just shared with us. So thank you so much, Tamika. The other question we ask our guest interviewees is what's their favorite book, but I won't ask you that because I think we all know what it is. Hint, hint. Think like a CEO, <laughs> act like a mom. <laughs> what I will say is I also, I love, because I love to read. And so I'm big on 
like, of course, my own stuff, but then also things that, that motivate me and inspire me. So I'll say most recently, I've really gotten into a lot of books that are about abundance and elevating your energy levels to actually feed you to the point where, you know, it's, you're going to be successful. And so I've been, I've gone back and reread The Secret uh, mm. and, and books like that. So I would strongly encourage that. I think those are really good. Oh, I love it. Love it. I've watched the movie, so definitely going to look for the book to read it. But after I read your book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Tamika. Please share with our listeners where they can connect with you and learn more about you. And is there any other guide or resource that you want to share with everyone? Yeah, no, absolutely. So people can always learn more about me and connect with me on my website, which is adivinelife.com. That is A-D-E-V-I-N-E. L-I-F-E.com. So at divinelife.com. And then if you go there, you can actually uh, download my free top 10 work-life integration tips. And you can also sign up for my blog. And I blog and vlog about work-life integration strategies and tips for professional uh, working moms. And so you can do that at my website. You also can connect with me on social media. And it's my full name, Tamika Isaac Divine, on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. And then on Twitter, I'm T.I. Divine. And on those, every morning I share inspirational, motivational tips. And then, of course, some real practical behind the scenes of how I get things done. Ooh, love that. Love that. I am definitely going to get myself a copy of that 10 work-life integration strategies. So we'll also have all the links in the show notes, ladies. So grab yourself a copy. Check out Tamika's book. Follow her on LinkedIn, Twitter. Instagram and connect with her to learn more about how you can elevate your life to start thinking like a CEO, acting like a mom and taking back control of your work-life integration. Thank you so much, Tamika, for being on the show. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And thank you for this amazing platform that actually supports uh, women like us. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Her podcast. If you found this helpful, I would be forever grateful if you left a review of the show right here on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. If you would like more support and inspiration to elevate your career, go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn at Rebecca Morioki. Or if you're an Instagram girl, let's connect over there. See you on the next show.